Have you ever said something? A strike of ammunition comes flying out of your mouth without your permission. Did you ever act out or lose control? Do the wrong thing or so you were told? Have you ever wondered if it all amounts to something? Perhaps your blunder is triggering some intuition. Did you ever notice just as you're falling, a new path is calling, it's calling, and it takes all your courage to move one step more. But you're the one who lit the match, threw it down on kerosene. Little did you know. What you've been waiting for Did you ever feel wrong? So wrong you couldn't stand it And as you make a change it disappears As if you planned it Does your life unfold like you're watching a movie? With every painful scene, a different kind of beauty Have you felt the torment of resistance? When everything you didn't want breathes into existence Have you ever noticed that moment in the darkness When your fear is at its worst? You're breaking and it takes all That's singer-songwriter and motivational speaker Angie Nassi, with all your courage from her 2020 recording, I Have No Idea What I'm Doing, an album that grew out of an intense focus on her own spiritual well-being. It's an album that actually has a bit of a self-help book and song feel about it, which is part of the reason that Angie has started to share the stories behind the songs through her website. To learn more about the project, we're pleased to welcome... Angie Nussie, to Folk Roots Radio. It's great to be able to talk to you today. Uh, well, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Now, we are in the midst of the pandemic. I should mention to everybody, uh, you first came to my attention through Boreal, the wonderful songwriting trio featuring Catherine Wheatley and Tana Slim. And you are the, the third member of that trio. You've been with them with her for a couple of years now. And you had a wonderful virtual show from the River Run Center in Guelph uh, around the holidays. December is usually the time of year when Boreal trots around the province doing all their different shows. Well, unfortunately, because of the pandemic, obviously that couldn't happen this year. So there was the one virtual show for everybody, which I thought worked pretty well. Um, how did it feel from your point of view? Oh, I 
I was really happy with it. I I think we're in these times now where you're you're gambling more than ever when you when you try to do anything, and uh, there's also an acceptance for if something goes wrong or sounds go wrong. like there's so much more acceptance of of, of how things can turn out. So it was a really um, it was a beautiful experience, uh, nerve wracking at times, but I. I had really missed the camaraderie of uh, a couple of girlfriends and playing music. And it's so funny how quickly you just step back into that, that position. And I do, I, I feel like I, I, those are two of my favorite for like um, Tannis has my, is one of my favorite Canadian voices, probably one of my favorite voices of all time. And Catherine's a songwriter, like she's up there with Leonard Cohen, like, there's there there are very few songwriters that would top her abilities and so to play with them is like a dream come true for me <laughs> no that's great well we're here to talk about your solo work uh your latest album is i have no idea what i'm doing which is probably my favorite title of the year so far um <laughs> uh, it's an interesting project, but I want to, before we actually start about this project and uh, start talking about this project, I want to turn the clock back and, and start to talk about your your life and music, because I, I'm not sure what album this would be, probably five or six, I think, since well, you started. Yeah, it's technically seven. I oh. had a demo CD, which uh, had uh, 11 songs or 12 songs on it, so it's it's... It's technically the seventh album, but uh, I've had a nice long run. I've had a 21-year run in the music business in some form or another. So, yeah, and, and I do feel like this is lucky number seven. Like, I feel with every album, I get closer and closer to that, the where you're truly, you're truly doing it for yourself. Some artists just have it off the hop, but it seems like my journey's been step after step of really really honoring who I am musically and and then in all aspects of life. So this is a really special one for me. Well, I've been very interested in the the fact that, you know, you've talked about the importance to you of blending in your music and your spirituality. And, and I guess, and this is something I can completely understand, I think it's this desire to be the best possible you you can be. You know, I think that... Mm -hmm. I think that's something we should all strive for. I mean, it's certainly something that's really, uh, really important to me. You're now also a motivational speaker. I was watching a wonderful TED talk, a TEDx talk that you did in 2014 in Sudbury. Played three songs. We're actually going to link to it on the website because it was a really nice presentation. Want to give you a chance to, you know, as we start to talk about this album, can you talk about? why you felt that you wanted to make this shift into really making sure that the songs that you're producing, you know, reflect the the spiritual you. And again, I think, uh, you know, striving to be the, the best uh, version of yourself you can be. Oh, there's so much in there. I do think that when I go back to where I started playing music, I started playing music as an escape. So... I was writing songs for myself as prayers. And uh, even before I had ever decided to be in the music business, I, I had written all kinds of songs with no intention of sharing them. It wasn't a thing for me. I grew up in Lively. There was no singer songwriters or artists that I would have followed. So I, I, I kind of thought my path wouldn't lead that way. So it did free me up to just play music for no reason and have no motivation to do anything else. And then I moved into the business and I don't know, I think I wanted to prove like, like any young 20 year old, you're, you've got other values. You're trying to prove your worth and seeing that you have this little special thing that you can offer. Then you get into thinking that you have to be the best singer in the world and you have to train really hard as a singer and I have to be a, the best piano player and, and so on. And as I get older, when, when you talk about being the best you that you can be, it's so much different now than it was back then because I think the best me that I can be is fluid if something's flowing through me. And that might mean that my timing is off. It might mean that I don't sing the right notes. But if I'm singing truly from my heart and I'm letting go of something, I think that's where where I feel the best and that where I feel like you can give the biggest gift to other people. 
to connect that to the album, this this album was made at home. And that's why it was called I Have No Idea What I'm Doing. I wanted it to be kind of like a, not a joke, but I, I didn't want to take it too seriously. And so thinking around, I have no idea what I'm doing. Just I'm just going to keep trying different things and then allowing the greatest takes or the greatest performance and trying to get that from other people with the same relaxed sort of fluid attitude around. It's kind of more important that we have an energetic flow as opposed to getting the the perfection that I might have wanted in the past. And I think that that perfection is something I think that we all deal with. Now, I know in, I think in 2007, you released Little Tragedies. And I think around that time, you experienced a little bit of an emotional breakdown. And was that the sort of impetus to to change the way you were doing things? Holy, you really do your homework, Jan. <laughs> um, and thanks for asking. That was that was the beginning. That was breakdown number one. I had another one in 2011, but it wasn't as hard. It wasn't as challenged. Like I, I had been through everything before. But uh, the 2007 one was just this conglomeration of um, I think that I had achieved a lot of my goals by that time. And I started to realize that there was no pot of gold at the end of all this work. What I really wanted was to feel happy and content and, and to look the way, you know, I always think of Yanni because when I look at Yanni in performance, he's like, he's just living and breathing the music and the experience I've always strived to look like that, but the truth is I just want to feel like that. And so all this, I think in 2007, I realized my journey wasn't going to go that way unless I started to do some inner work. And I just so happened to get lucky because I, I fell so hard when I did fall that you're kind of left bottomed out. And so you have to reach for something. You have to reach for help. That really changed the way that you wrote, though, right? In 2012, you produced the Still Hope album. More of this bringing the spiritual well-being into to your music. And I guess what intrigues me is the way that you now have almost these parallel paths between, you know, being a singer-songwriter, but also, you know, talking about the spiritual well-being that you believe is important to you and, you know, things you can share with other people. After the 2007 album... I remember taking a different path and I remember talking to my mom and saying, something's wrong with me. I have to find a way to feel better in life. I have to feel better. And so sometimes I think songwriters, I know for me, from an energy standpoint, say you're in a breakup or something and you're feeling that, that continual sadness inside you. If you're writing a sad song about your breakup, that's one thing. If it comes flying out of you, that's one thing. But but maybe you write half the song and then two days later you, you want to write the end of it, but you actually don't feel that way anymore. Hmm. So you have to actually regenerate this emotional space. And for me, I, I kind of got to the point where it wasn't worth it anymore. I, I was just very careful about what I was generating energetically. And so... Uh, it changed how I write songs and it changed how I finish songs. Like some songs might have been more more angry or challenging. If I did wait two days, I might have a different path that I wanted to lead it down. So it's it's been a really interesting change. A lot of people can note that the last two albums have been completely different than the other, the ones before. So, and I'm glad, I'm glad it happened that way. Does that mean that you feel like you've now found your voice through your music with, you know, the music you, you last two, again, the last two albums you produced? I think I'm getting there. I don't think the, the end, I don't think the end is nigh. I think like you still end up out of integrity all through the day, all through your life. You end up out of alignment with your spiritual side and sometimes your ego's in there and sometimes you're being sassy. And, you know, I, I, I know in this, on this album, you're going to play count me out. I, I think maybe, and there's a bit, there's a bit of sass in that one too. So I guess the big difference for me is there's no, there's no shame or guilt or if, if it's not completely in alignment and if it was written the way it was written, I, I can let, I can let things go a lot easier now and, and hope for the best. You know, 
So let's talk about the the songs on this album. We're going to talk about All Your Courage, which was the first song we played. But over what period of time did you collect these songs? It took about six years, maybe even seven, because, yeah, my last album was 2012. So I didn't release this one until 2020. So it's uh, it's been a long journey. And there, there's been a number of songs in between, but I just they didn't they didn't work on the album. So we'll leave it for another day. I do love the fact that, you know, you're writing about the songs as well. And we'll talk a little bit about how that leads to, you know, your plans for the future. But one of the things I'm really big on is, I know we live in this digital age, but, you know, if you go to your website at anginussie.com, you can read about the songs. You can read blog posts that you've written about each one, talking about how the song developed and some of the things you were thinking about, which is really really great and and then there are all the lyrics there which i just absolutely love because you know that's one of the things i worry about we're losing you know where people are not handing out physical copies of albums that you know things that uh actually were part of the process can be lost so i i wanted to to thank you for that and again anginussie.com if you want to check out uh, angie's work but with a song like all your courage i mean that's the first track on the album and that seems like a real statement, isn't it? I really love that song. I probably listened to it more than more than most. And thank you for talking about the stories because I, I there's so many artists that I want to know the backstory of the song, and I want I don't just want to know the, how it happened. I want to know how they felt through it all too. So I had started a, a concert up here in in the Gravenhurst Opera House where we, we would bring artists in and we would talk about songs and stories. So you would explain the story behind your song. And that's sort of something that the momentum built. And it made sense to continue that. That's how that that happened to be. But as far as all your courage goes, there's so many courageous people in this world. It's not that they even had the choice. They just had to be courageous because the path back was was gone. And sometimes I think we subconsciously burn that bridge behind us so that we can't go back. And that seems to be what I've done in my journey. Instead of making sure that I can always go back, I just cut things off and head forward and don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) I want to go back to the album and play another song. I want to play Forgotten Names because, you know, there is a theme running through this album. And I think it gives you a chance to to reflect on different versions of yourself. Can you talk about Forgotten Names? I can. It was the, it's the second song on the album, which is, that's often your bigger statement. And, uh, and I have wondered about it. it um, it's probably the most personal. Um, there's a couple of really, really personal songs, but that one has uh, lines in it that I actually wasn't going to share. I was going to rewrite them to not be as maybe offensive or, or, uh, like there's a line in it about not wanting to play the small shows. I used to think the small shows were beneath me and I didn't want to admit that uh, in a song and have that recorded or anything. But that uh, that song is was a really personal song and uh, very much about the the egoic journey that we accidentally find ourselves spiraling into when we're um, doing anything. I, as it turns out, you can you can do anything and you'll you'll add an identity to what you're doing. For me, there there did come a point where I started to get angry at, at the things I was seeing around me and wanting to really prove myself to people or or have them take note to finally let go of that, to realize that all I had to do is feel good within myself and then that energy would come back at me like a mirror. It, it's sort of that give and receive idea it's it's not a nasty song about I forgot people's names because they don't matter anymore. It's that you just you kind of let go of trying to prove yourself to everyone. That tied into a story you told about going to play the Women's Summit. And I think President Obama was going to be there, Michelle Obama as well. And then yeah. that, that never happened. Um, a very powerful story. Can you just tell us a little bit about that? And then we'll play the song. Sure. The story is that um, 
when I was releasing my Still Hope album, my partner Quentin was involved and he was helping me to market and he was aiming high. He was just taking darts and aiming them at things that I would be too terrified to aim at. I end up with this gig for the Global Women's Summit and it was way beyond what I confidently felt like I could do. So I was trying to figure out how to get into that space of confidence before I got there. And so I was training really hard. It was like six months of just really practicing, getting my voice to be as perfect as possible, walking in high heel shoes, special dresses made and everything was set to go. And then the, the event, it was called the Global Women's Summit. It was in Washington and President Obama was to be there and all of these other dignitaries. And I, I was ready like an Olympic athlete. And then uh, it got canceled. It got canceled one day before. And it's it's funny because I kind of just knew it would. Like it was like I almost manifested it myself. And then a few days later, I had to go back and, and play a gig at a bar. And when I went to the bar, it was like, it was just one of the worst bars. I've played thousands of gigs at bars, but for whatever reason, I, I, I felt like I was going to be coming, coming home like a hero. And then I just had to go back into this situation and everybody was talking over my little songs and, you know, they just didn't want me to be there. I couldn't be quiet enough. And everyone around me just felt so bad, like so, you know, and it took it took a couple of years for people to stop feeling bad and for me or for me to stop feeling bad for myself, I guess. But the journey of how that happened and then and then it led me on a different path is is why I feel um, I feel so much sure that that was meant for me to not not achieve what I had to achieve right there. Like it just I. It just wasn't for me at that time. And the universe delivered all these other gifts. It's just, I couldn't have known it at the time. You only see it in retrospect, right? It's it's an interesting story because I think it reflects on, you know, the, the trials and tribulations of being a performer. And, you know, for anybody who gets up on stage to share their art with the world. I mean, you have great gigs and you have gigs that are not quite great. And then you have... This whole, you know, these opportunities that come your way and some of them don't work out. But, you know, what I, I really hear coming through from you is the is the the opportunity for growth that despite all of the hard things you have to go through comes out. And I think that really speaks through your music, which I wanted to to thank you for that. And again, uh, I want to encourage our listeners to to please check out the TEDx talk that you've done, because I think it's certainly a, uh, a great way of getting to know you and you know you'll actually get to hear three songs that we aren't playing today so that's another opportunity so we will have that link on the website this is angie nasi with forgotten names from her wonderful new album i have no idea what i'm doing you're listening to folk roots radio and i'm jan hall in my weak times i try to fill my ego with the memory I was soaring like an eagle, but the truth was I was standing on the runway tying photos to my hands When it came down to strength and perseverance I had that It never gave me clearance to live right And understand the demons I was fighting for so long I used to race towards it like it was a trophy Thought if I could hold it in my hand then all the world would see But that's not me Not anymore My heart can't find a value In a system of rewards That's not me It never was I can't find the inspiration in a world I have to judge I used to wanna be some kind of achiever So I could throw it in the face of all the non-believers Step by step I'd put each one of them to shame But I've forgotten all their names Stop complaining about all those Small misunderstandings that lay heavy with each day 
So we seek out any peaceful moment to cling to It doesn't seem to pay rent and we smile through As long as we can stand it we can carry on this way I used to think that all the small shows were beneath me Thought if I could make it to that stage then all the world would see But that's not me That's Angie Nassi with Forgotten Names from her new album. It's entitled, I Have No Idea What I'm Doing. And I've got to say, I just love that title. Angie Nassi is a special guest on Folk Roots Radio today, chatting about her music and this wonderful album that um, I found really enlightening. I, I, I can't speak highly enough about her music, but please go to the website, AngieNassi.com. Uh, you can read about the songs and you can get to know her. And one of the things... I love about talking to musicians is uh, learning about why they make the music they do. And I think that's a really part, an important part of uh, getting to know them. So it's great to have you with us today, Angie. Let's talk about the making of this album because it was probably a little different. Was it trying to, you know, you brought the songs together over six years and then you actually had to go about the recording them. And I think you did an awful lot more yourself than you would normally. Is that right? I did. And it's, it's really funny. And I don't know if this has happened to other people in the past, but I had bought a used uh, studio and I, I like the computer with all the programs and stuff. And for a year, I couldn't figure it out. I just couldn't figure it out. And then on January 7th, I think it was 2018, I woke up. And all of a sudden, I just, I could figure it out. It was a true labor of love, but it was many, many, many hours of, of working in the studio. I did bring in a lot of friends and worked really carefully with them. I think through the years when you work in and out of studios and with different engineers, you're always watching the engineer working and you're like, I want to try that. That looks really great and fun. 
And so I did get to work a lot on that. But having said that, I don't think I'll do it again with my next one. I think I'll I'll uh, get one of the pros to do it. Just uh, I got my I learned all my lessons. I can speak the language, but uh, yeah, I think I think I'd like to collaborate a little more on the next one. So this is mostly a piano-driven album. Is piano your main instrument? It is, but interestingly, you say that I kind of now that you say it, I realized my last all the albums previous were almost half and half piano and guitar when we moved to Aurelia eight years ago I started playing piano on this lovely piano behind me and I hadn't had a real piano in years and so I think for whatever reason I just grew to love that piano and played it more than guitar I was always gigging so I was playing guitar but it's uh, all the songs came out on piano I had to actually switch them to guitar so it wasn't all piano on the album I'm a pretty nerdy instrumentalist. Like I, if I could, I would just make huge orchestras for everything. Like it is just, I don't know what I hear, but it's just things. I like things to be massive. So most of the songs you hear, there's, there's points where there's, there's some pretty big sound, like all your courage has this massive sound. And I love the, I love sort of the blues sound of count me out. And then Joan of Arc has um, a lot of instrumentation going on in the background. Well, it's funny because, you know, when I was listening to it the first time, I mean, Regina Spector was the, the person that, that came to me. But I love the big sound thing. And, you know, I, I'm just thinking about, you know, with the age that we're living in, you know, that we're making music differently. I just wonder that whether you might actually end up, you know, putting out the songs more as singles and not necessarily, you know, putting out the whole album. You know, one of the things I've learned about you is when the mood takes you, you know, another song will arrive. It's very inspiration driven. And I think that to me goes back to the title of the album. And, you know, you weren't quite sure where you were going. I think Wisdom and Foolishness was going to be the original title that you were thinking about. And then you thought, well, I'm just going to go with I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> Which is a, is a wow, you, I forgot about Wisdom and Foolishness And that was the title And I love Regina Spector And I love how interesting she is And uh, and silly sometimes And and I, I, I do think that you can be really You can go really deep But being silly is another, is another part of it I do think there's part of me that feels like you should, you know how you dress for the, dress for the um, the job you want. I feel like produce for the gig you want. So in my mind, I I do have a, a vision of having a full orchestra and a, and a choir and just having this uh, phenomenal band. So yeah, I, when I do hear the album, especially more recently, I want a lot of the instruments are are played uh, on MIDI and then run through um, a program to sound sound close to the, the instrument. But in my heart, I want I want the actual instrument. It's just it's way too expensive to produce an album with a forty piece orchestra. So I just do what I do. Maybe down the road that will be what happens. I'm going to keep visualizing. Yeah, I think that's a, a good way to go. We're going to go back to the album and play Former Me, which I I love. An intriguing song. Now, you know, you're releasing, I think, a song a month. Is that right? With the the story behind them. So, you know, people need to follow along with you, perhaps sign up for a new newsletter to get things. But Former Me is one of the songs that hasn't arrived yet. So tell us about this one. Well, people who love Former Me love it a lot. I think it's because it was born out of a really humiliating experience. I had sort of changed my path. Uh, after the cancellation of that really big show, I was on my way to changing my path and becoming just loving music and doing whatever whatever I was enjoying, trying to follow my bliss. And I had this plan I was going to give back and and I was going to give back by playing in these um, retirement homes. So I get this gig at a retirement home and I play th- I'm, I'm two songs in and the manager comes up and she's like, yeah, they they don't this isn't going to work. They don't like this. So, you know, I've been through so much. I just, no problem. I'm going to, I'm going to Zen out. No problem at all. And, and then I, I, I say, well, I have other songs, you know, I can play Ray Charles and I can play this and that. And so I try one more song out. She comes, no, it's, they really, it's not going to work. So I'm basically getting fired while I'm on stage. And 
I, I, I did all my Zen work and I'm ready and I'm just, okay, I'll pack up and I'll go. And, and so I try to, I, I'm, I'm starting to get ready to go. And the manager says, well, uh, we're, they were all here for a party and we don't have a sound system. So can we use your sound system and we'll run our, our, our music through the phone and you can stay for the night and let us use your sound system. So by that time, I'm like, you know, I can. I can stay in my integrity for so long, but then after a while, I, I know I'm going to start to to lose it. I, and I can feel myself coming undone. So I, I pack up my stuff really fast. I set them up and I decide, well, there was like a love seat that I saw when I came in. I'm going to go into that love seat. I'm going to step into my bubble of love and I'm just going to hold my energy and then go back in the room when I'm ready. But when I went to go out the door, there were two exits. One was the proper exit and one was the fire escape. But of course, I went into the fire escape where the staircase was. And that's that's what you hear in the song is as I'm standing in that stairwell and all I can do is look through that, that door and I see the whole room just staring back at me like, where is she, what's she doing in there? <laughs> so at that point, I just thought, I I don't think I can actually find that space right now. You know, in retrospect, I think I gave up too fast, but I was already spinning in in that egoic energy, that identity. I failed. They're thinking about me. They, they, they're glad I failed. Like a lot of story around what was happening. So I basically just spent the night just trying not to say too much and and trying not to entangle in my emotional space and just holding that and I had a plan to have a huge cry after because that's what I felt like doing but I made it to my car and there was no crying and I I just moved on and then four days later I I wrote former me and a month later I had a wonderful gig up here at a bar that was just a really gentle kind like I call them the care bears and then after that my path took another it, it just just ended up un, unraveling so I guess the universe didn't want me to play retirement homes yet so <laughs> well that yeah it's I was gonna say that does sound like one of the worst gigs ever but you know it's I think the thing though about life right is that whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger and I think that you know we all grow through these experiences and we have these wonderful songs former me is definitely one of them Angie Nussi with Former Me on Folk Roots Radio. I will not be the face of anger today. I will not be disgraced by what some others say. I will not hang my shoulders and walk like a failure, nor puff out my chest and laugh like a sailor. I will stand in this stairwell until I'm reminded that all of us in here are not so divided. I will not let my pride make this all wrong. I will not be defined by a voice or a song. I will not make a ruling on what they to see I will not be the former me I did not come this far to fall off the wagon I will not let my scars feed this addiction I can laugh at this moment I know it's a test We all carry love We all do our best I will stand in this stairwell Until I'm reminded That all of us in here are not so divided And when I cross that room I'll stay
I will not be the face of anger today. I will not be disgraced by what some others say. I will look in their eyes, allow them to see. I will not be the former me. That's Angie Nassi with Former Me from her latest album, I Have No Idea What I'm Doing. Angie Nassi is our special guest on the show today, chatting about the album. And we're getting to learn a lot about her as a person as well as a musician. I I keep talking about the website. Go to the website, angienassi.com, learn about the songs that we're hearing. And also, please check out that TEDx talk, because I think it really brings together the different parts of her career in both music, but also sharing a spirituality. And I wanted to give you a chance, Angie, now. Let's talk a little bit about where you're at, because I'm, I was very intrigued, you know, when I learned about, you know, how important it was for you, for your mental health to, to make sure that you were channeling through the right area. I'm curious as to where all this goes, because, you know, you are a motivational speaker as well as a musician. You are also working on a book, I think, in relation to uh, some of the songs on this album. So uh, tell us a little bit about how all this fits together. You know, I'm starting to not know anymore. I think I really don't have any idea what I'm doing. I think we're in this crazy time where where anything can happen. And I, I'm I'm really trying to stay, just wake up in the morning and it's, it is how I did my album as well. Uh, wake up in the morning, see how I feel, and then do whatever I, I want to do at that time. So I am still writing the book. And I, and I, when I'm feeling inspired, I write for my, uh, my former album, Still Hope, because Still Hope is a, I really love that album. And there's a lot of things uh, that I, there's a lot of story behind all of those songs as well. So that's part of it. I wrote a screenplay par- partially uh, last summer, and then I'm also really into uh, I, I like dance music too and, and affirmations. So I've been kind of trying to blend dance music with affirmations, at least for myself. And I don't know where any of it goes anymore. the The motivational side, I kind of just fell into that because someone asked me to do that the TEDx talk in 2014, which I wasn't ready for forced me to be ready and I spent about 70 hours working working on that trying to d- trying to figure out what my message at that time would be just so you know if you are watching that I almost threw up before I play- before I went on stage I was literally over the over this uh fence and uh I was like this isn't gonna work out I I'm gonna be sick but I didn't and everything worked out, but it was a really um, nerve wracking experience until I got on the stage and then got settled into what I was doing and, uh, because it was so unusual for me and, you know, to speak and to do that. But that's what happened. So I ended up in that position of speaking and sort of just it just ended up being something that inspired me to to keep talking and and um, stories that match up with with music, I think. I think everybody should be doing that. I love I love knowing more about people before I hear what their music is about. Well, you know, despite everything you just told me, it, it comes over really natural. And I like the way that, you know, you weave from the, the story to the song. I guess that kind of leads into the live performance. So all of your songs have great stories. So I do wonder, is it sort of like a a five minute talk and then a, a song when you perform these days, because, you know, we, we just played forgotten names. And, you know, when you're playing a song like that, you know, you, you know, you have to tell the story or form a me. They all have great stories. Is that a typical gig would, you know, be a mix of stories and songs? I don't even know anymore because I, some gigs for sure, I would tell the story and some uh, people would hire me specifically for that for different events but while that was going on, I was still I was still uh, an entertainer. So I would go into a bar and entertain all night and not tell a single story. Just just use music to keep people moving or dancing or or relaxing or or whatever it is. I I, I still like the variety. 
I do appreciate the stories, but um, yeah, if, if you told me I had to do the exact same thing my whole life, I would just be so upset. Which is why Boreal is it, Boreal came in like the biggest gift for me too. I had never worked in a trio like that where every harmony is is in line, and and you're basically it's a it's a matter of perfection. You can't afford to be off when you've got three harmonies going all the time. So it's it's a, it, that was another just incredible challenge to for me at least after so many years of being solo. So I, I yeah, give me variety and I'll just keep smiling and enjoying life. That's for sure. Well, you know, and that comes through. I, I've got to say, I've I've been really enjoying the conversation and, and learning more about your music. So I, I want to encourage you to keep doing all of these things you're doing. And, you know, life is a mystery. It's a, you know, it's a road that we're all on. It's a journey. And I, you know, I, I certainly, it's my philosophy is very much, you know, I try not to waste a day trying to to keep moving forward and you know i love everything you're doing i think it's wonderful again angie's website is angienussie.com we have time for one more song we're going to finish with count me out this is the sassy song you mentioned earlier in the interview tell us a little bit about it well this one was uh i had gone out with some friends and i don't know there something has been flowing through my life. I'm going to write this song. It's not written yet, but it's, it's called that. That sounds like a wager to me because sometimes I hear people, they say stuff, you know, well, you can't, uh, you're the music industry is shutting down and without CD sales, you'll never survive. And, and I, I was just, you know, that sounds like a wager. Like, I don't, I don't know if that's true. And, and, and I, I feel like you get proven wrong over and over through life. I don't like to take what people say to be the truth, no matter how strong or or confident the voice is. So I guess Count Me Out is around the same concept of I, I'm not going to fall into those patterns of fear. Uh, count me out. That's not going to be me. And I'm not going to fall into patterns of hatred. Count me out of that. I can feel it within myself that I don't certain things I don't want to be part of. And it's not like I like I would judge someone for how they feel and what they're experiencing, but count me out. That's what it's about. <laughs> well, I, I think it's, it's a, it's, it's a great way to finish, you know, that, you know, these are the things I, I cannot do because they don't fit with my values. Um, That's a perfect way. Yeah. Been an absolute pleasure to talk to you today. This is Angie Nassi with count me out from a wonderful new album. I have no idea what I'm doing and I still love that title. You're listening to Folk Roots Radio, and I'm Jan Hall. And thanks again. Thanks, Jan. It's been great to be here. For quite a while now, I've been living this life. Hanging around, watching my friends die. Thinking about fate, finding it all. Questioning why we're existing at all. There's some kind of spell you've been cast under. Craving for more Leaves no space to wonder This lifestyle I've chosen Has filled me with doubt So I raise up my hands And sit count me out You see that fear inside my eyes Count me out Well it's time to say goodbye Shine, float and then 
this game. 